This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. with Guardian Fancast and I'm here with Christian Rao from Slasher Sports. Christian, how you doing? Hey Quincy, how you doing? Pleasure to be on the show. I uh, love listening. I try to catch it as much as I possibly can over on the Guardians Fancast. I love all of the Guardian social media love that I've been seeing lately um, and you're a big part of that. So yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, well, you guys always do some great content. We try to share it whenever I can. Uh, and we appreciate your interaction and appreciate you listening to the show. Now, Christian, you are most intimately connected to the Orioles, though I know you have uh, something, you have good insight on almost anything in Major League Baseball. Uh, so, but I asked Christian to come on to kind of talk a little bit about the Orioles coming up to the trade deadline. I've been talking to different media folks who cover different teams and kind of work with different teams closely to kind of see how their teams are approaching the deadline and how that might look if the guardians and them were looking at possibly a trade so tell me your thoughts on the baltimore orioles going into the second half an exciting into the first half for sure yeah absolutely a very exciting first half for baltimore something that i could say as someone who's followed this team quite closely based on locality for myself uh, for quite a few years now i've been uh, I, I was stationed down in Norfolk, Virginia, and I happened to stay there once I got out of the military. So um, I'm down in Virginia Beach area. So I do follow the Baltimore Orioles pretty close because their AAA team is the Norfolk Tides. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Baltimore, though, wow. How fun has this team been? A lot of people thought this team would be a 100-loss team once again, myself included. I thought at the <laughs> beginning of the year we had uh, did the previews um, for all the teams over on slasher sports and i was just hopeful i said it's a winning year for the baltimore orioles if they get 99 losses and as long as it's not a triple digit number in that loss column they're doing well obviously they are well on pace for that they are sitting 500 at the break at 46 and 46 it's the first time the american league east is all at 500 or above this far into the season since 2012 so this entire division is just wild but looking at the baltimore orioles The biggest surprise has been the addition of Adley Rutschman and what he has done bringing to the team. And I know, Quincy, you want Adley Rutschman over on those Cleveland Guardians. We've talked about it back and forth. Um, Some of some pretty crazy speculated trades you could give me, maybe Austin Hedges in a a box of crayons. But um, (laughs) but to be honest, Adley Rutschman has been an absolute game changer for these Orioles. Um, he has he's de- developed a winning record since he's been over here. The pitching ERA has been a lot lower. You can see that compared to the other catchers on, on the team. Uh, Anthony Benboom and Robinson Chirinos are the other ones that have caught behind the plate for the Orioles. And the ERA for Adley is immensely lower. Um, so he's mm-hmm. making a big change, and it's just great to see. They are very fun. This trade deadline is a big question mark because of their recent success. If we had this conversation... Uh, two, three weeks ago, Quincy, I'd be telling you that they're going to get rid of everybody in the world, but <laughs> now I'm not so sure. It's going to be very interesting come August 2nd. 
Yeah, well, that's that's a great summary of kind of what I've observed a little bit from the outside. And I know originally we all started, bo- a lot of us started bothering you about Rushman because uh, we had him on our fantasy team and we were desperate for him to come up. <laughs> and that, yeah. that, then we started saying, oh, you know, if the Guardians don't want, I mean, if the Orioles don't want to play him, they can send him over to the Guardians. And, uh, but yeah, we knew that wasn't going to happen. And I'm glad to see that he's performing well and not surprised. Um, I, I was I was just mentioning to Christian earlier that I've been super impressed with the Orioles bullpen. Uh, when we played them, I was like, wait, does anyone here not throw 97 miles an hour? Like they all come out of the bullpen uh, throwing really hard. And it seems like they've been a pretty big piece of what's going on as well. Yeah, the bullpen's been very fantastic and fun to watch. And for some reason, we keep picking up your DFAs too. They don't last very long <laughs> on yeah, the right. team, but they do find a, a, an appearance or two out of the bullpen for the Orioles. And then they find their way either um, over to Norfolk, they'll, they'll clear waivers or back um, into DFA purgatory. But yeah, this bullpen has been very exciting. And again, just shows the questions. Mike Elias, the general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, has a plan. Sometimes he doesn't show his plan. He definitely doesn't show his cards. He's one to really keep them, you know, tight in his pocket. But what we have found, especially, you know, one thing that we can prove as a fact is that he's did this with Adley, or he knew when he was ready to come up, he didn't care about bringing him up anytime soon. You know, I know even all the fantasy guys were hurt, hurting for it, (laughs) but he has a plan. And if he thinks that's the plan, he's sticking to it. Mm. That's what, that's what brings me with this trade deadline coming up. If he had a plan at the beginning of the year of what he was going to do with certain players, I don't think this recent success, especially since you're still in last place in the American League East, chances of the playoffs have raised from 0.3% to 1.2%. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're above that whole, that one, that's like the little giant saying we gained a yard, right? Yeah, um, not, right. not too much of a, of a um, percentage gained. So if I'm Mike Elias, I'm not making my changes I'm not changing anything. I'm still following the plan. I'm going through and having the hopeful success for 23 and 24 with all these great prospects that the Orioles have. And the wave is finally just starting to hit the big leagues. But this bullpen is one of those that, that start with that. Jorge Lopez was the, the all-star player for the Baltimore Orioles that we just, just saw on Tuesday night's game. And then we have plenty of great prospects. Felix Bautista is one of my favorites. He's becoming a great setup man big dude throws nails oh yes <laughs> absolutely incredible he's, i he's remember been, him <laughs> yeah he's just so fun to watch um but this uh this bullpen has been very surprising to say the absolute least yeah that's great yeah I, it's been fun i i remember fondly those playoff series with the orioles back and forth with the indians back in the day and and i kind of feel like that's what's going to come ahead of us eventually like 2024 20, through 2026 that the guardians and orioles will be seeing each other a lot in the playoffs what are your thoughts about um like mancini santander uh i guess even mullins are, are you think or maybe even hayes are you thinking that the Orioles might be, you know, saying we're open to the idea of trading any of those guys or no. I think all the guys that you mentioned are not off the table, mm-hmm. um, but definitely some more than others. You know, obviously there'll be some controllable contracts that you've mentioned. Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes do have controllable contracts into the future. I know that's mm-hmm. something that Cleveland would tend to look for as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I think those are the ones that are going to cost a little more and actually make the move, especially since the year of Cedric Mullins had last year and the first half that Austin Hayes had for until about the yeah. week before the all-star voting ended, 
Austin Hayes was in that conversation to take one of those spots uh, for the American League. And he was actually leading over Giancarlo Stanton in the All-Star lead, who was the MVP of the All-Star game. So pretty interesting that how that turns out. Mm. Um, but the biggest one that I would say, I actually, I wrote an article the other day on Slasher Sports to talk about uh, the trade deadline and what we're actually going to do. Because in my mind, the Orioles, this is a question that, is going to maybe set the the pace for the entire American League or maybe even the league of what the Orioles might do because they have a guy named Trey Mancini. And mm-hmm. Trey Mancini has been a trade target in the past in 2021. They decided to keep him. He was having a great year. He became the American League Comeback Player of the Year. But this year, he is technically on a last year's hit his contract because it's expected that he's going to mutually decline his option and they're going to mutually part ways after this year because I don't think Mike Elias has Trey Mancini as a older veteran in his rebuilding plans. Mm. So a lot of people think that he's going to still be on the move, but he is a leader of this team. He is uh, loved in the city of Baltimore. If he moves him, the fans are going to be very upset. And Mike Elias has done certain things to keep the fans happy because right now it's pretty hard. This, uh, well, you could say at the beginning of the year, it's very hard to sell tickets for the Baltimore Orioles. And there's some kind of ownership issues going on in Baltimore too. I won't get too deep into that. Um, but yeah, I heard a little about that. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's pretty juicy. You look into it, give yourself a Google. Um, you could go down the <laughs> rabbit hole for sure. But I do think Trey Mancini, if I, if what I did, I did predict him to still be on the move. Um, I think that because they, are still trying to look forward to 23, 24 in the future, you want to find a way to get something out of Trey Mancini leaving. I don't think it's going to be anything incredibly big. Um, I think, actually, I think that the Guardians could really be in the mix for Trey Mancini. I think he they could utilize him, just like you said earlier, that they could use a first baseman or a possible corner outfield designated hitter. I know um, that would be a bad little pickup for the Cleveland Guardians. And I don't think it would take much, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I I uh, suspect that the team is not going to acquire anybody who's only under control through 2022. But I I do believe that any Guardians fan would be thrilled if they were like, okay, let's let's bring Mancini on because it would be a sign that they're saying, hey, we really think we can probably win the division in 2022. And I think one of the side benefits of that, even if the team may not be ready to make a World Series run, besides the roll the dice and anything can happen in the postseason. If they were to win the division this year, one of the great things that you could do is give your guys some playoff experience for future years, which is which is a huge deal. Obviously, you know, if the Orioles were in the AL Central, they'd probably be thinking the same thing. Oh, you know, if we can get these guys some playoff experience, then that would be helpful for years down the road. So that's why I could I, I wouldn't say a Trey Mancini trade is out of the question, but I definitely think they're going to focus on guys who are under control for a little bit longer. Um, so I have three guys I want to talk to you about. One who's come up a lot in Guardians Twitter. I'm not necessarily like a huge like, oh, I think they should probably do this. But Santander, do you think they're going to move Santander? Do you think that's one who's out there? I think that that's the guy out of the outfield that if is moved is, is Anthony Santander. Um, I think that they, he had a lot of pop at the beginning of the season. Uh, his defense has been suspect the last few year or few weeks. So that's something that's I think has hurt his value a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think if any of the three are moved, it's him. Uh, he's a rule five guy, so a guy that um, really honestly just took off this season a little bit last year as well. I think if his value is, is not going to get any higher than it is right now. So I could see him being moved. I think that that's uh, one of the pieces. I think that is the outfield piece that would move um, 
maybe for a pitching prospect. I think I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of, uh, excuse me, I've seen a lot of rumors about him and maybe another prospect outfielder getting moved for a, maybe a rotational piece with control. Gotcha. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my next uh, question was what Baltimore is kind of looking for in these trades. I think everybody probably is looking for pitching. That's, that's something that everybody's looking for. So that sounds like a need for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think pitching is their is their main spot. They have a lot of great infield depth within the prospects right now with Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg. And mm-hmm. their infield right now is very young too. If you know, obviously at Adley at center field or center field at, at catching um, Ryan Mountcastle at first. There are some issues. Um, we have second base. There are a few questions. Rupnet Odor is there right now. So maybe if they were trying to chase for um, a, a playoff spot, maybe they try to upgrade that. Although he's been having a pretty decent season, but I could see him maybe being on the move too, if they decide to be in the selling spot. Yeah. Um, one thing you, I did want to mention though, real quick about the Mancini thing. I think he's going to decline his mutual option with Baltimore if he stays. If he does go to a different team and he enjoys where he's at. So let's just say he wound up going to Cleveland. Um, he does have a mutual option for 2023. Mm. So if mm-hmm. the gardens, if the gardens did get Mancini, they'd probably feel pretty confident that they'd you know be willing to accept the option. Uh, and it, then it wouldn't really turn into a rental. So that could be something to keep in mind. A great point. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you certainly can't count that out too. And they might be able to kind of have those conversations behind, you know, uh, back ways to say like, Hey, is this something you're willing to do? And if Baltimore is looking to move Mancini, they certainly would want a team to know, Oh, you can get the value for a couple of years. Yeah. That's a great point. You did mention Ryan Mountcastle and that's kind of the crazy idea that I had. And sometimes there's crazy ideas. Cleveland's looking for right-handed slugging. They could use it at first base. Um, so I, I guess, you know, kind of like crazy idea in my mind was, I know he's, he's got some good value because that man can hit some homers. Um, he strikes out a good bit as most sluggers do. Uh, so I wondered, you know, is there any kind of scenario in your mind where you might say like, Hey, a team like Cleveland, maybe if they put together a good enough package, it would probably have to be a pretty darn good starting pitching prospect. And maybe like you're saying, I've been looking at, you got a door at second, maybe some guy who's pretty clearly going to slot in at second base. So for us, you know, to say, okay, we really want Ryan Mike Mountcastle. Maybe it would be like um, Tyler Freeman, who's a pretty good second base prospect for us. And then, you know, probably any of our prospects other than Espino or Williams, as far as pitchers go. Um, wonder, wonder your thought about that crazy idea I had. It is in my mind, that is pretty crazy. Um, and that is just, I think that's my bias as well though. So I do follow the Norfolk tides probably more closely than the, the Orioles. And in 2019, um, Ryan Mountcastle was the international league MVP. So mm-hmm. I saw some fantastic play from Mountcastle. And then last year he hit um, over 30 home runs. Mm-hmm. So it didn't stop. So I do believe that he is in the, the future plans for, for Baltimore. Every time I do hear a press conference from uh, Mason, which is the New Orioles, you know, flagship stations. They talk about Adley and Mountcastle. It's mm-hmm. never anything else. So I do mm-hmm. think it's 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 highly suspect, um, and I would say doubtful. But let's entertain it. I do like the idea of of Tyler Freeman. I know that that's something that could be a really good idea, an infielder that could play there. But I and I would have said Gavin Williams, but I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, if that that's would be fair. In the play. That's fair yeah. to come back with me at too. And especially if the Orioles think of, of Mount Castle that way, which is helpful to know. 
Um, and, and I'm kind of looking at Zip's projections and they may have stuff that says like, oh, hey, he's, he's got a lot more ceiling than that. 30 homers is a huge value no matter what. So that might be the case. They might have, you know, if they were willing, if they were going to come to the table and say, what's it going to take to get Mountcastle? The Orioles might say, well, it's Freeman, it's Williams, and then maybe another piece too. And they'd have to think about that. So, yeah, I mean, that's helpful to hear. I certainly, I, I would be shocked if Ryan Mountcastle moved. It's kind of like, just like for the Guardians, I'd be shocked if Andre Simenez moved, you know, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I could imagine the kind of players that could be in there. Uh, one one other guy I wanted to ask you about. So in the bullpen, what about Dylan Tate? Any possibility that a team could maybe pry Dylan Tate away? Yeah, I think that actually could happen. Um, I think Dylan Tate, he was something that came over in the Manny Machado trade a mm -hmm. long time ago. Um, and he's been probably one of the biggest pieces that we've seen um, come in from that, that we've seen suspect. Uh, UCL Diaz is also another one of those pickups. Um, and he is just has not been healthy. Uh, he's, I think he's going to have his, his chance to shine this year in the MLB, especially if we uh, move one of those outfielders, like a, maybe an Anthony Santon there, but we'll see. But yeah, I could see Dylan Tate maybe moving. I think the price could be, could be right to move him. Um, I think he's a little buried in this bullpen right now, which is so surprising and so crazy to say uh, <laughs> after starting this season off with, again, hoping that you'd get 99 losses or less. Uh, but the, the bullpen has been pleasant, very pleasant. Um, but I think that if you wanted to grab him again, I think that the return would still have to be pitching prospects. I do think mm -hmm. that they're going to still find a way to, um, it, it could be a little lower level. Michael Elias, somehow, some way, Michael Elias always finds in a trade, a, like a Dominican player that's 18 years old that plays in high A that no one's heard about yet, but he's, he's scouted and he's really wants him. Um, so he, he gets him in the trade or something yeah. like that. So um, that, I, that could be a trade that maybe includes something like that. But Michael Elias always finds a way to scoop in one of those really young players uh, in the high A to start his wave three of this rebuild. That's, that's good. And we do have, I mean, the Guardians do have quite a few pitchers in that category from low A to, to high A who project to be major league starters at some point. And some of them have some pretty good ceilings. So I think it's possible that they might be like, okay, you know, we, we can probably sacrifice in this area to help the bullpen at the major league level. I think that's, that's a possibility if the Orioles were interested. So good name to think about. Christian, thank you for the insight that you provided. And, and hopefully folks will have a chance to check out the Orioles and the Guardians over the deadline. We'll see if they make any moves. It is interesting that the Orioles are constantly picking up uh, Guardians discards to take a look at. It makes me think that the two organizations think about guys similarly, because obviously those are guys the Guardians found a value and the Orioles are like, well, there's probably some value there too. So maybe there's a connection there. We'll have to see. Um, tell me about the stuff that you're doing and where folks can find you. And I'll make sure to put up uh, a link to those and also to your article you mentioned. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, based on what you just said um, with, with the DFAs and picking up, I would not be surprised to see a, a Cleveland Baltimore trade of some sort before August 2nd. It'd be pretty cool if it happens. Um, but yeah, you can find all of my work on slashersports.com. That's where uh, all my work is currently. And you can find us on Twitter at Slasher Sports. And then my personal is at Slasher Rao, my last name, R-A-U-H. Um, and the recent article was talking about the Baltimore Orioles, how they were on a 10 game winning streak at the time and what were they going to do at the trade deadline. I think we covered almost every player that we talked about. I think the only one that we didn't discuss was the possibility of moving Jordan Lyles. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that too. That's, um, and yeah, all right. Well, check out that article and check out all of Christian's work and the podcast that he works on too. And so uh, Chris, Christian had me on before the season, which was very nice to be able to talk about the Guardians and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Don't forget that the podcast is supported by Sheets and Giggles, sheetsgiggles.com. Go there and check out Sheets. Enter the code GUARDIANS to get 15% off your order. The sheets are a little more expensive than, you know, the cheapest sheets that you can find. They're sustainably made. They're made in a way that's friendly towards the environment. They're also made with eucalyptus-infused fabric, so it helps you get a good night's sleep, and it's super comfortable to sleep on. If you're like me, you're always looking for things that you can buy your wife <laughs> that your wife, you know, won't ask you specifically for what she wants. And whether that's your husband or your wife, we all have partners like that. So I try to look for special things that she might not think about that she will appreciate. Things that just are maybe even a little bit of luxury, but make her feel good. And, you know, I think these sheets are a great example of that. It's not something where you break the bank to buy it. But it is something that's kind of nice and that you can point to your significant other and say, hey, this is how much I care about you. I care about how you're sleeping and the quality of your sleep. And here's how I'm showing it to you by buying these sheets. So I encourage you to do that. Sheetsgiggles.com. Enter the code GUARDIANS. Support the podcast. Save 15% on your order. Get some great sheets. Make your partner happy. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.